if you were in first service or if you're going to the second service, you might recall Jared mentioning, well, quite a few things. But it, it kind of jumped out at me when he said, the right people, the right place, and the right time. That kind of puts Esther in a nutshell, doesn't it? You had the right people. You had Mordecai and Esther in the, in the right place and the right time. And, and when we look through the Bible, you see that over and over and over again, how God has a person for such an occasion. And, and as, as Mordecai had, had challenged Esther back earlier in, 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 in saying that, who knows if you haven't received, been promoted to this position for such a time as this, that that's not just Esther that those words apply to, but each and every one of us that we are many, many times, I, you could probably say all the time, we're the, a unique person in the situation that we're in because nobody has the exact history and makeup of, of our past, and, and we need to just be, be sensitive to, has God put me in this place for this time? And it, and it just kind of jumped out at me when, when Jared said that, the right people, the right place, and, and, and the right time. And that he had, earlier, Jared had said that God moves when things seem totally broken. And, and for Esther and Mordecai and all of the Jews there in the 5th century in the, in the Persian Empire, not just Persia, but the whole 127 provinces where they lived, that things seemed broken. If you turn on the nightly news in the United States of America, in Texas, in Johnson County, in Grandview, in 2021, things seemed broken. But it but it didn't stop God then and will not stop him now that he has a purpose and he will bring about that, that purpose. So it's, it's kind of exciting when you, when you see just the amazing work of God and, and consider that it's in this book of Esther that does not mention God at all. And yet his providential hand is too clear to, 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 to miss, that we see his hand all through the, all through the, the, the book. Warren Wiersbe says that the tables having been turned, the tables could now be spread. You know, that, that, we've, that we saw last week in, in chapter 9, how the tables were turned against Haman and, and all those enemies of the Jews who wanted to, to destroy the Jews. Another commentator says that, and, and, and maybe you'll like this one better, parties are the glue that holds the story together. We started in chapter 1 with a party and we end in chapter 9, basically, with another party. The difference being that the party that, that happened in chapter 1, the six-month drinking party that, that King Ahasuerus had, had thrown was purely from a, a, what, immoral, hedonistic, earthly type of party. And the one that's, that's now in chapter 9 is, is to, to celebrate 
God's redemption and deliverance uh, among the Jews. So starting there in verse 20, it says, Mordecai recorded these things and sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus. What were these events? You know, you read a line like that, and it's like, well, I got I to gotta look back. It's been a whole week since, since I saw what these events were. Well, it was the, the Jews rising up and defending themselves there on the, on the, the, the 13th and the 14th day of, of Adar, the, the 12th month of their year, after having been made aware of this, uh, this plot by Haman in the, in the first month on the 13th day, the day before Passover, when they would have celebrated the, their deliverance from, from, from Egypt, and Haman issued the decree that, that all the Jews would be destroyed and killed and annihilated. <clears throat> Mordecai recorded all of these events, the, 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 the victory, the deliverance that was, that was won that day, including that phrase that they took no plunder. He sent those letters, he sent letters, that recording, to the Jews in all of the in all of the, 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 the empire, the Persian empire. Many scholars will use this book, this verse, and, and, and I think one more, um, to say, well, Mordecai probably didn't write the book of Esther. He may well have. It wouldn't be the first time that a writer sort of referred to himself in the third person saying, I recorded these things. You know, it's like Mordecai recorded these things. But that certainly those, those records, what Mordecai had, had written and sent out was, was used by the Holy Spirit in inspiring the writer to write the, the book of Esther. So Mordecai wrote all these, all these events down sent them to the Jews, and then what does it say? Obligating them to keep the 14th day of the month and the 15th day of the month as days in which the Jews got relief from their enemies as the month that had been turned for them from sorrow into gladness. Mordecai recorded the events and, and sent it out to do what? Obligating them to keep remembering. To, to, to remember all of these events that have, that have, have, have come together that, that save the, the Jews. Have they already celebrated once? What? At the end of the, 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 re, the, the events when the Jews stood up against those who hated them in, earlier in chapter 9. It says they, they, they rested on the 15th day, and, and then they, 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 they began feasting with gladness. So the day after this event, when the, when the Jews stood up and, and, and defended themselves and killed those who were out to to kill them, they immediately celebrated. They spontaneously celebrated the next day. That, I, think, I think that maybe we're removed from it and, and, and haven't experienced such a thing 
but that there was such gladness and rejoicing that the very next day they celebrated. Matthew Henry points out they didn't celebrate the day of the victory. They didn't celebrate the day of the, of, of the deliverance. It was the, the killing of those 75,000 plus enemies of the Jews. They celebrated the next day and celebrated what? Their, their rest. What is rest in the, if you hear the word rest, what do you, what do you think of? Think of it in a, in a, just a, a general sense, but what do you think of in the sense of the Bible speaking of rest? Okay, God rested on the seventh day. Why? Was he tired? Well, obviously not. God rested on the seventh day. The end of something, completeness, that, that, that God rested when, when creation was complete. The writer of Hebrews in, 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 in part of chapter 3 and first part of chapter 4 talks about rest. And he says, rest is the end of our striving for our salvation. We don't have to strive for our salvation anymore. Why? Because Jesus accomplished our salvation. And, and, and so it's an, one example, one, one thing that we can glean from Esther. They, they rested and, and, and we too should rest from our salvation, from our striving for our salvation. And what are they doing? They're, they're feasting with gladness. They're celebrating it's, it's spontaneous. We don't observe, as, as non-Jewish believers, Purim, or do we? Okay, two, well, by rest, two, two, two answers, which is not multiple choice. It's true, false. Do we celebrate Purim, or do we not? And I'll say, there's really no wrong answer. Literally, we do not. But maybe something stronger than figuratively, we do. We celebrate all of the Jewish feasts the first day of every month that we celebrate. Jesus is our Passover lamb. Jesus is the first fruit that we celebrate, the resurrection. And that, that in, you know, a sense we celebrate we celebrate Purim in that God has delivered us from sin and and death. Now how did they how did they go about celebrating? They says that they should make them days of feasting and gladness, sending gifts of food to one another and gifts to the poor. That's kind of um, two or three of our holidays kind of rolled into one. I mean gifts we think about Christmas. Or, or, or maybe birthdays, food, we think about Thanksgiving. So this is a, a big celebration, and, and many say that it's, that it's the, the most joyous, the, the most uh, fun 
of all of the, the Jewish feasts. It's the only one mentioned in the Bible that's not in the Torah. You know, because here it is, it's, it's Mordecai and, and Esther establish it after God's deliverance there in about 473 B.C. But the, but the Jews still celebrate it. They, they, they will start the day before, or many of them will, with fasting and, and praying, you know, to commemorate Esther's fasting and crying to the Lord, all of the, all of the Jewish people, for her being accepted by the king before she goes, she goes in to see him and hoping that he will extend the, the, the golden scepter. And then as, as when, when, when the celebration begins, they, they will read the story. And I mentioned this before, but it's the children will dress up in costumes, even some parents you know, older people will dress up in costumes. You kind of get the feeling that it, a new Star Wars movie has come out, and they, all these people dressed up as, 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 you know, in Star Wars characters that they that they that they that they, they dress up. They read the the account of, of of the Book of Esther, and when they come to the name Haman, the whole congregation or assembly boos and hisses. I mean, and it's not just a, a you know, under their breath type of thing. Jared or Corey or whoever's wanting feedback from the, from, from the congregation doesn't have to say, you know, huh, tell me again. They are just animated and boo. When they say Mordecai or Esther, it's, it's cheering as they go. They, they celebrate with, with food. One thing, it's, it's kind of funny that they, they, they make a three-cornered cookie. It's called a, a hamatosin. Hamatosin. Sounds kind of, or, or maybe you should say it, hamatosin. Sounds like Haman. And it's three-cornered. They don't know why, and it's got part of Haman's name in there. Maybe some say a tradition is that it, it represents his hat, that Haman wore this three-sided hat. No, nobody knows for certain, or that it might be in, in commemoration of the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or maybe that was the shape of the, the lot, the purr that they cast. You know, I kind of like the, the, the Haman's hat theory, that it's, that it's a cookie made like his hat, in the shape of his hat, that's either rolled up with, with you know, uh, fruit preserves, jams, or, or nuts, or poppy seeds, uh, that that sort of thing, that, that they would eat that. And they would, it, it was also a time of, of charity and giving to the poor and sending food to, to, to one another. And they called this, I'm kind of going backwards or getting ahead of myself, but they called it Purim, Purim. What did Haman cast to figure out the day that he, when they would kill all the Jews? He cast lot poor. They cast the, the poor, that is, lots. So they're, they've named the holiday the plural of lots, Purim. Is that like in your face, Haman? You cast poor, we are, we are celebrating Purim. Bring on one lot. We've got hundreds of them. And God supersedes any, any kind of lots that, that Haman had, had used this ancient custom of casting lots 
but that God was bigger than the lots. His plan, his, his providence was not influenced by these lots. And, and, and I think one, one, I don't have the home address for this scripture, but I think it's a, a psalm that, that, the, that, you know, they cast lots in, you cast lots in the lap, in your lap, but God brings about the results, you know, that, 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 that God controls the lot. So they, they celebrate this, this deliverance by even naming the holiday after the, the lots that were, that were cast. And so, so after that first spontaneous celebration, Mordecai writes letters. He tells of the deliverance, and he, and he sends them to the 127 provinces, and, and he says, we need to obligate ourselves to celebrating this year after year after year. How would you feel if you got such a letter that said, oh, we've got to obligate ourselves to, 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 to celebrating this? You know, there may have been some who were strict, orthodox Jews going by the Torah only and say, well, it's not in the Torah. We can't do, you know, we can't do this. But what was it in essence doing? It was celebrating God's deliverance. They were this close to being an annihilated, this close to, to a genocide that would wipe out the entire Jewish nation, which carried... To the, to the ultimate degree means what? There would be no Messiah because the Messiah was to come from the line of David. If Haman and his, and his plot had been successful, there would be no, no Messiah, which is kind of tells us from the beginning that, well, we know this isn't going to happen. How can Haman thwart the plan of God to bring the Messiah for the whole for the whole earth to his, uh, you know, to to the, the the world to to live and die, and so he they they send word send a, a, a decree to remember these days. Okay, verse twenty nine. Then Queen Esther, the daughter of, of, of Bahiahel, and Mordecai the Jew, gave full written authority confirming, confirming this second letter about Purim. Letters were sent to all the Jews to the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus in words of peace and truth that these days of Purim should be observed at their appointed seasons as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther obligated them and as they had obligated themselves and their offspring with regard to their fasts and their lamenting. The command of Esther confirmed these practices of Purim, and it was written, it was recorded in writing. So Esther sends another decree confirming what, what Mordecai has said, that, that Esther being the queen says that, that, you know, I agree, we need to do this. We need to remember this this. Uh, this salvation that, that God has brought and celebrate these, these events, celebrate the rest that we received from, from our certain doom. Okay, verse chapter 10 is three short verses. There, there are addendums that the, the, the Jews later said, how can this be so short? 
And, and so I think there's 107 additional verses, but they're, they're, they're part of the Apocrypha that, that the church has said they're not sacred writings, you know, they may be beneficial, but they're not, they're not part of the original. And that was, that was more in the time um, of the Maccabees when they were, when they were added. Okay, verse 1, chapter 10, King Ahasuerus imposed tax on the land and on the coastlands of the sea, and all of the acts of his power and might, and the full account of the high power, high honor of Mordecai, to which the king advanced him, are they not written in the books of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was second in rank to King Ahasuerus, and he was great among the Jews and popular with the multitude of his brothers, for he sought the welfare of his people and spoke peace to all his people. That kind of just jumps totally out of the blue, doesn't it? Chap the Verse 1 of chapter 10, and King Ahasuerus taxed, put a tax on the land. Maybe it's surprising, maybe it's not. I mean, because there's always somebody, even going back to antiquity, who's wanting to come up with the new tax. But why is it there? What, what, any insight into that? What does that show or, or tell us? Or why would the writer include this? There's not necessarily agreement among scholars, but, but one conclusion is that it reminds them they're still in this world, that, 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 that God's kingdom, His eternal kingdom has not come about yet. They're still in this world, and here it is, we got another tax. It, it, it sort of makes sense in, in, to, to me to, to some degree that it, it just shows them that God has delivered his, his people, but they're still in this world living and breathing. And then he, 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 he gives it, he concludes with just the honor that, that Mordecai has received. But he also tells us a little bit of, about Mordecai. And I think we've seen Mordecai grow from the beginning of the book where he told Esther, don't tell them that you're a Jew. And, it, and it's five years later before her husband, <laughs> the king, finds out that she's a Jew. And now it says that Mordecai, and he's known Mordecai the Jew, he's second in command. He was great among the Jews. He was popular with the multitudes of his brother. And he sought the welfare of his people and spoke peace to all his people. Mordecai has, for the most part, been sort of a, an example of a, of a humble servant. Remember, Haman goes in to the king. He wants to, to ask that Mordecai be, be killed and hanged on this gallows. That night, the king couldn't sleep. And he read of the account where Mordecai had saved the king's life, but no honor had been given to him. And, and so, so the king asked Haman, what shall be done to the man whom the king wish, wishes to honor? More, Haman thinks it's him. So he says, well, dress him up in the king's clothes, his robes, put him on a horse that the king's rode, ridden, put, put, put this uh, headdress on the horse so it looks totally royal, and let one of your higher servants parade him through the square, saying, thus it shall be done to the man the king wishes to honor. Because Haman is thinking, in a non-humble way, 
who would the king want to honor more than me? And the king says, okay, great idea. Go and do this to Mordecai. And Haman, you know, had to have just, you know, done one of these scratching his ears. What in the world did he say? And, and, and he, he does that. Mordecai, after that parade, what did he do? Did, did he go to what's, what's the, um, I was going to pull out the name of this men's clothing store, not, not, not men's warehouse, but James K. Whatever. Anyhow, Mordecai doesn't go buy his own outfit. He goes back to work. He goes back and sits in the king's, in the king's gate, that, that he was humble, and he continues that. He seeks the welfare of his people. He's probably not like many current-day, almost any kind of politician. Do they seek the welfare of, the, of their people? Mordecai seeks the welfare of his people. He speaks peace to all his people. He, he, he is looking out for his, for his people. What then do we glean from the last um, 16 or so verses of Esther? What do we glean from the whole book of, of Esther? I'll give you one and then maybe it'll prompt you to say blah, 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 you know, more. That it shows how God remains faithful to his promises in spite of his people's unfaithfulness, any type of, of opposition or antagonism from the outside. The Jews were in Persia. Why? They were, they were in exile because of their generation after generation, unfaithfulness and disobedience to God. He had the Babylonians take them over. The Persians defeated the Babylonians. These Jews had not gone back to Jerusalem with Ezra, who, by the way, we'll start, we'll kind of look at Ezra next week. We'll, we'll keep in the exilic period of, of, of Israel and, and do a uh, hopefully quick study on Ezra and Nehemiah just because I like to keep going in order and, and it won't be quick. We're not going to read all of the names. We're not going to vote to see whether it'll be quick or not. We're going to study. Anyhow, they, they, were, they were in Persia and Babylon. Many hadn't gone back. But God is faithful to his covenant promise, that promise that he is going to ultimately bless all nations through Abraham's descendants with the Messiah regardless of the, the, the purpose, the, the opposition or unfaithfulness to, to his, of his people and that the purposes of God cannot be stymied by any means, by any person, any plot of Satan. God's purposes cannot be stymied. I can't think of another word. Thwarted. Do we think that? 
do we believe that? Are there different degrees of, okay, I, I think that, I believe that. Are those the same thing? Do I really have faith in that? Do I tend to be a headline reader in the newspaper? Uh-oh, we're in trouble. What did Mordecai and Esther think? We're in trouble. What did God think? They're right here in the palm of my hand. I got them right where I want them. And so it, it leads to, to the deliverance of the, of, of the Jews. It leads to this, this celebration. So that what? They might remember the deliverance that they received from, from the Lord. Chuck Swindoll, in, in the concluding pages of his biography on Esther, says that in order to have perspective, we must have monuments and memorials, places to return and learn from and talk about and pass on. And he says the caveat is we don't worship these monuments or these memorials, but that we, we place them. I remember when God did this. When did they celebrate? The day after. They celebrated God's deliverance, not the fact that they killed 75,000 plus of their, of their enemies, but that they, they, they celebrate God's deliverance. Has anyone ever been to Enterprise, Alabama? Do you know what Enterprise, Alabama is known for? You can go there today, and there's a, they have a statue of this woman, and she's got this bug in her hand. It's a boll weevil. That in, that in 1915, they look out, cotton is king, and they think, we are going to have a banner crop. This is going to be great. And all of a sudden, the bow weevil comes in. And it is, they are just practically destitute because of that. And it's like, what can we do? Well, bow weevils hate peanuts. They've got this peanut allergy. You know, it's going to, anyhow, the bow weevils don't. So they start planting peanuts. And they produce more peanuts than anybody, and they thrive. They, the farmers all, uh, all are successful, and they thrive. So what do they do? They build a statue to the boll weevil <laughs> so that they can remember what they put down. That's like naming the holiday Purim. They cast pure, poor, but God delivered. Let's just call the holiday Purim. Purim, more than one lot. I am means it's plural. It's a plural lots. So they, they celebrate that. We celebrate on the first day of the week. We remember the Friday when Jesus sacrificed himself and, and poured out his blood on our behalf. And you cannot diminish the crucifixion, but the victory was Sunday morning God raised him from the dead. The stone was rolled away to show us the empty tomb, not to let Jesus out. And so we celebrate. It's, it's something we remember every Sunday. I was 
This is one of the things that I want to do is as I drive to church each Sunday morning, tell myself, don't think about Monday. Think about what today is. I'm going there to celebrate with my brothers and sisters in Christ the resurrection, God overcoming Satan's plan that started in the Garden of Eden where, where Adam and Eve sinned and sin entered the world, but that God overcame that when he sent his son who died, and then on the third day he was raised from the dead. And so we meet each week to celebrate what God has, has done. Okay, what are we going to study next week? Ezra. It's to the left. Turn back. And it's like, well, why did we do this one if it came before? It'll be, it'll probably never be obvious, but Ezra starts before Esther, but ends after Esther. Ezra is divided into two parts, like around chapter 6, and so we'll, we'll stay in the, the exile, because as Peter writes in 1 Peter that he was writing to the exiles of the diaspora, we're still exiles here. This world is not my home I'm just a passing through. And if we had more time, I would sing the whole song to you, but we don't. Any, any other observations before we... Either one of them? I don't think either one of them are direct. They don't show up right. I don't, I don't think, you know. I mean, there are how many women listed in the genealogy of Jesus? Three or four. Who are they? Tamar, Rahab, Ruth. And Mary. Okay. Thank you, John. See, I knew it was four. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Esther nor Mordecai are in the there genealogy. There were Jews that did go back to Jerusalem. So maybe that's where the line is, the Jews that went back. And not Through them. And any of their... Um, um, Right. They killed 70, well, that was empire-wide, so. Well, as, as, as Jared said this morning, God moves when things seem totally broken. And they, they did in Esther. And so many times today they seem totally broken, but that he 
raises up somebody for such a time as this. Okay, let's pray. Happy Father's Day again. My list of R's. It was rest. It was um, rejoice. Um, remember. <laughs> okay, rejoice, remember, rest. Um, and then kind of on the negative side was retaliation, revenge, resist, restraint. All these things kind of in, in chapter 9. But, but the biggies are rejoice, remember, and rest, you know. And, and I think, and restore. and restore. There may be a ton of, you know, that would be like an eight-point sermon if anybody was ever so inclined. So, you know, we rejoice on Sunday when we gather with other believers. We remember and that, that, that we rest. We've entered into God's rest. We no longer have to strive for our salvation because he, because he uh, ha has accomplished that. And he has restored us to that fellowship that we, you know, that was broken in, in the garden. You know, it was, it was God's. So many times in Scripture he has the people put up a symbol to remember, remember, remember. Taking them down, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're destroying history. Well, but then on the other hand, they want to remember history by creating another holiday, but yet they want to destroy history that related to that same incident. You know, actors of all people say, uh -huh. one time I heard a farmer say, you know, the Lord created Everything. What did he have on his mind when he created the bowl? <laughs> <laughs> and fire ants. <laughs> and revival. That that was um, Jared's kind of kind of kind of message to today. Which, if we had more time, we would. We could talk about that. But. Yes. Yes. Well, supposedly it's a kind of a biggie, too. I don't remember that as a holiday. Yeah. Uh, but but what, what I've read seems like they still celebrate it t today. But it's real close to their Passover, right? It's a month before Passover. So it's, you know, I mean, Christmas and Thanksgiving are, ours are <coughs> basically a month apart. Um, well, let's pray and then we'll, we'll go. Father, we thank you for the rest that we receive in Jesus Christ, that we no longer have to strive for our salvation, but that you have, you, you offer it freely to any who would receive it. God, I just, again, thank you for 
our earthly fathers, and may each of us model ourselves over, over you, our heavenly Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.